This message, you're going to hear some things probably you've never heard uh, in your life. And yet this message is driving hard. It is uh, the continuation of experiencing the goodness of God. I can tell you that we all need to grow. And if you're not growing, you're going in a reverse direction and you're dying. Nothing is ever neutral. You're either gaining ground or you're losing ground as it relates to your relationship in Christ Jesus. And so I want to move as we talk about it, and I can frame it to some degree uh, to our dads, but to everybody, any person uh, who's listening to this online or listening out of this room or listening out of the archives uh, later on. You see, we make a series of choices every day. You chose to come to church, most of you voluntarily, and I'm grateful for that. We call those decisions. If you make good decisions, guess what? You're going to have favor and you're going to have some success. But if you make bad choices and bad decisions, you're going to suffer the consequences and things aren't going to go so good for you. We have questions like, well, where do I move and when do I move? Or do I take that job? Or do I change jobs? Or do I move out of the city? Uh, do, do I get married, you know? Do we have children? Uh, those kind of situations, all are questions and decisions. Some people sit idly by, and they very seldom can make any kind of a decision. We call that indecision. Now, the Bible has something to say about that, that indecision causes you the most stress in your life if you can't make your mind up. As a matter of fact, Jesus' brother James in his writings of the book of James said that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know what the Greek word for that? It's understand, staggering like a drunk. You can't make your mind up which way that you're going. It's like staggering. Well, it means often that you're pulled in a lot of different directions and you're not for anything. You're pulled and you say, well, what is the antidote to having that kind of confused behavior? What is the antidote to that? Well, here it is. It is the Word of God. God's book, we call the Bible, will guide you. Now, we know that life is a journey. And I want to say this flat out. Everything you need to know about life can be found in this book right here. Now, let me help you. I missed you for almost three months. I didn't get any amens. I got nothing. And you're back now. And so once in a while, you've got a lot of catching up to do in your amens. You might say, I don't like to say amen. But then say, attaboy. You know, sick them, whatever, anything. Because you know what it does? I think it makes me preach better and shorter. I knew I could count on you. So here we go. The Bible gives us the roadmap on our journey. And we know that it's that personal guidance that comes out of the Word of God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot tell you anything that hasn't come out of this book. The Holy Spirit never contradicts what's in this book. You might ask, how am I going to be led by God? i got some business decisions. I've got some family decisions. How am I going to be led by God? You see, 
We know that you can be, but the first deal is you have to have a desire. So to be properly led by God, knowing your footsteps are directed by the Lord, listen up, there are some things you're going to have to stop doing. And there are some things that you're going to have to start doing. So this is for everybody. Listen up. Someone said, why is it so difficult to figure out what God wants me to do with my life? Why, why is it that God's will sometimes seems to be hidden from me? Well, we go to Psalms 23. That's our text. This psalm is used, the Psalms 23 is used more than funerals than any other scripture in the Bible. But Psalms is not about death. It's used that way, but it's not about death. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. This is what Psalms happens to be. It is God's desire to guide you, to instruct you, and to encourage you. And if you listen to the Holy Spirit, pay attention. We know that He is the good shepherd. Here it is. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for His name's sake. Right paths. He speaks clearly to us and gives us guidance. One of the things my dad said all of our life, now boys, speaking to the, to the sons, my two brothers, don't, don't you damage my name. My name. My dad came out of the cotton fields and name meant a lot. Don't you do anything to mess my name up. You see, here's what he says, that you are guided for my name's sake. So that when you behave in a way that brings pleasure to the heart of God, you are honoring my name. But when you get to the place that you're living shipsod and you're going in a confused direction, he says, you are not honoring my name. We understand that we feel guided by the power of God. Now, how important is it for you to know that you're being led by the Spirit of God? Here it is. Paul writes in Romans 8, only those people who are led by God's Spirit are God's children. In other words, he's saying that, that if you feel you've not been led and felt that you're led by the Holy Spirit, you might want to question your salvation. For he said God's children know that they have the opportunity to be led by the Spirit. Well, I said a moment ago, some things you ought to stop doing and some things you need to start doing. How many of you need to grow a little bit this morning? May I see your hand? That's wonderful, wonderful. I'm expecting all the rest of you, you got arthritis and you can't raise your hand. Here's something you need to stop doing. You can't follow a culture that doesn't follow God. Your culture preaches to you on television, on email, on Facebook, every social media, everything. Your culture is teaching you, and you will be led astray unless you have learned to be ground in this book right here. It is countercultural to everything that is happening in society today. If you're going to be led by the Spirit, determine who number one is. His name is... Jesus. Say it again. His name is Jesus. Okay, I signed up. I'm a believer. You redeemed me. I'm going to follow you now. Exodus 23, verse number two. If you're taking notes, you're going to have to write fast. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. 
Don't follow the crowd and doing wrong. Everybody else is doing it, someone said. It doesn't matter. Well, it's legal. Who cares? Well, it's politically correct. Who cares? If it doesn't align with the book, I don't care if it's legal. I don't care if it's politically correct. This book stands by the power of God. It will, in fact, never let you get in trouble. God, I want to trust you. And sometimes doing what the Bible says when everyone else is doing something other than, that's hard to do. Romans 12, 2, do not copy the behavior or value of this world. Instead, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do. All the men you want to know God's will. We want to be led. We want to know what God thinks. We want to know that God is saying something to us. And here it is. If every person in this room, male, female, whatever, if you humble yourself and you seek God's face, God's word said he will not turn a deaf ear to you. He will speak to you and give you guidance. You want to do his will. The scripture says, that you can know the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. So if you get off in a ditch somewhere, let me tell you what happened. You may have gotten involved in culture and you didn't pay any attention here. And if you're not in this book and ask, asking the Holy Spirit to direct you, you will get lost because this book will in fact guide you. But if you're not in it, you'll get confused and frustrated. Attaboy, amen. No life, however, and no journey, even if you follow this. No life and no journey is without pain. Everything you're going to be, it's sometimes going to be painful to do what God wants you to do. And one of the weaknesses of popular culture today is that it's temporary. Do you notice that culture changes? You notice that from time to time, that which used to be in style is not in style anymore. Do you notice that? Period. 1 John 2, 17, the world and all of its desires pass away, but the person who does the will of God lives forever. Lives forever. Number two, you can't follow friends who aren't led by God. You can't follow friends who aren't led by God. If you do, you're going to find yourself in trouble. But if you lean on His Word, you will never be disturbed. I'm making up a song as I go. I'm just feeling real good. <laughs> I got a little humor there because it's about to point you. Here it goes. If the majority of your friends are going in the opposite direction of God, then you've made bad choices in your friends. But if the majority of your friends are moving toward God, you've made some good choices, and you ought to say hallelujah. Well, the reason men in particular do not hear the voice of God and His will is often they're busy listening to the opinions of popular culture. 
And the bottom line is a culture that is not following after God will do this. They'll use bad language. You don't have to put up with that. You'll drink the wrong thing that you shouldn't drink more than you should. You'll go to wrong places that you shouldn't go. You'll watch the wrong movies that you shouldn't watch. Uh, and you'll discount any conviction that tries to convict you to say, don't do that. You'll find out you'll be in trouble. You see, when you fill your mind up with garbage, it's garbage in and garbage out. And then when you start to dream, when your mind and your spirit is filled with garbage to the power of indecision, you won't, you won't be able to dream positive dreams. You won't be able to have vision that shares with other people. You won't be able to enjoy a great blessing and the favor of God because all of your dreams will be laced with discouragement and depression and evil thoughts. One of the things that causes people to miss God's will for their lives, they miss their good and perfect will, is the power of peer pressure. That's among our young people today. 1 John 3, 7. Here we go. Do not let anyone lead you in the wrong way. Christ is righteous, so be like Christ. You must do what's right. Anyone who keeps on sinning is being led by the devil. Who keeps on sinning is being led by the devil. Yea, I say unto thee, who keeps on sinning is led by the devil. It's a great Father's Day message. You see, we're not being led by the Spirit of God, and you're going to be led by one of two spirits, only two. One's going to be the Spirit of God, or the other's going to be led by the enemy of God. The enemy of God or the Spirit of God, and you get to choose. The number one need that men have in their lives is the need for respect, especially from their children. When adult children become adult, what a man treasures most is, do I have the respect of my kids? Or did I raise them in a way that, that was disrespectful? Did I disrespect mama? Did I, did I disrespect the rules? Did I disrespect government? Did I disrespect everything that I was supposed to respect? Here's what happened. You'll raise a child that will learn not only to disrespect everything you disrespected, they will disrespect you. And you can't soar with the eagles if you're going to run with the turkeys. That's not my origination, but running with the turkeys will not bring you respect. And respect is earned. Oh, yeah, you're going to respect me whether you like it or not. They might say okay to get out of a tight spot, but they won't. Always make sure in your life, no matter who you are, what age you are, that your advice comes from the right sources. Be careful when you get guidance and counsel you often will get it from non-believers who have a non-biblical perspective you think about that i mean this is so dead serious it's the perspective often of a popular culture 
So 1 John 3, 7 steps to the plate, says, don't let anybody lead you astray because you will miss God's will. You see, we said earlier, be careful about your friends. I'm not suggesting you give up all your non-Christian friends. I have many non-Christian friends. You know, I have many. I'm not saying, hey, abort them and leave them alone. You know, here's what the Bible said, Jeremiah 15, 19. You will be my spokesman. You are to influence them, but do not let them influence you. That's what it's supposed, I'm supposed to be strong enough on the Word of God that I know I have unsaved friends, you know, unsaved friends that I want to guide into the family of God. 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or anything that belongs to this world. If you love the world, you cannot love the Father. And the same guy who wrote that said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son there's a difference in that word world the word world of course do not love the world or anything in it means the world system the value system god so loved the world the word world in the greek is different it is the people of the world do not love the system of the world but love the people of the world number three you can't look to sources other than god god is my source I'm going to lean on you. God is my, if you're looking for direction for your life, let me tell you where you just need to back up a little bit. You can watch Judge, Judge Judy said, who gives two liver lips about Judge Judy? She makes more money than you will in a lifetime in one year. Don't go to Dr. Oz. Well, he's a smart man. But don't go to Dr. Phil for your life direction. Well, I know Dr. Phil said, hey, get into this book. You won't be quoting Phil and Oz and Judy if you're in this book. Jesus said, this is what it is. Am I making sense? Is this true preaching today? It's important. Are you saying you never watch Judge Judy? I watch her once in a while. I'm always amazed that she gets away with the stuff she gets away with. As a man, man, if you have a question of what you're supposed to do with your life and you're supposed to manage a decision, dig deep in this book. When I've got major decisions, I get in this book, I, I take time early before the day starts. That's about four o'clock. And I say, God, now it's you and me. Sharon doesn't know the world exists right now. I need you to speak. And I don't want to look anywhere else for guidance. It's, that's divination. I don't, I don't want to go to find a fortune teller. I don't, I don't want to go find, um, you know, I don't want to go find a, another person that says, I'm going to read your palm. Don't do that. Let me give you an interesting piece of uh, scripture here. Many, many years ago in the Old Testament, uh, they would sacrifice animals. Now, you're, you've never heard this before, the majority of you. Did you know that the Roman Empire was led and directed by this process? 
they would sacrifice animals and take the liver, which is the heaviest organ in the body. And they would look at that liver and examine that liver and observe that liver to determine whether or not they ought to go to battle. Yeah, well, that liver, yeah, the liver, mm -hmm. we can go to battle and we'll win. The Roman Empire made their decisions by examining livers. Now, I'm a son of a butcher. Do you know how many livers in my life that I have sliced and cut up? I've never one time, as I sliced that liver up, thought about I'm looking for guidance and direction here. I'm looking for this liver to speak to me. I've never done that. You say, Pastor, you're being silly. Never been silly in my life. Maybe funny. Ezekiel 21.1, the king of Babylon now stands at a crossroads, uncertain of whether or not to attack. So his advisors will cast lots by shaking arrows from the quiver. And they will inspect the livers of sacrificed animals. That's how we're going to determine what we need to do. So you go to a madam or you take the tarot cards and all of this, that, and the other, the horoscope. Some people look at the horoscope, read it, oh, Lord, I don't need to go out today. This is what it said. And don't call a psychic hotline. Don't call the psychic hotline. And let me give you a little tip. If you call the psychic hotline and you go through all the talk and then they said, you know what, can you give us your credit card number? Hang up. They ought to already know it. They know so much, they ought to know your credit card number. If they don't know it, hang up. Why? Deuteronomy 18.10. Never look at, to psychics or seances or fortune telling or the stars or people who claim to be in contact with the dead. People who do use these things are doing evil and God hates it with a passion. Think about it. So if you have a fellow Christian friend and they're into all that kind of stuff, even part of it or one of it, then let me encourage you, let God lead you and gently and passionately tell them that that's not the scripture, that's not the Bible, that they need to stop it now. Well, why should I stop it? And you wrote down Deuteronomy 18 verses 10 through 12 and said, let me read this to you. Number four. You must stop being led by your circumstances. I'm amazed at the number of people who are believers that try to determine God's will. Well, I tell you what, that happened, so I know that's the will of God. It's wonderful. Oh, I missed the plane. Must be God's will for me to not go. The offering plate skipped my row today, so I don't have to tithe this week. I overslept today, must be not God's will for me to go to church. You see, when we do that, you're on shaky ground. The Bible is filled with many stories. Stay with me now. Many stories where individuals involved used circumstances because circumstances often will take you to the exact opposite of God's will. And if you are using circumstances, you will never really know. God's will. Here's the story of Jonah. God said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. He hated 
He hated the Ninevites. They were the enemies of the Israelites. Jonah said, I'm not going. Nineveh was east. Jonah said, I'm going in another direction. He went down to the shipyard and there was a ship headed to Tarshish, which was direct west, a long way west. He got on it and said, this must be God's will. There was a ship. There was a ship. They had room for me. And I got on it. I got, and, and they had space for me. I'm sailing away from Nineveh. I'm on my way. There was another in Acts 27. The Apostle Paul's being taken to Rome as a prisoner. And they're ready to sail. And Paul had a, the Holy Spirit spoke to Paul during the night and said, tell them not to sail. Paul said, hey guys, I don't think we need to sail. I know the weather looks good. And they said, oh, but Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. There is a gentle breeze that is blowing and we, we're going to make it. It's going to be good. And they launched. Well, it wasn't long that a violent typhoon arose and it made it impossible for them to be successful in their journey to the degree. Paul said, it's not good. Don't do it. Oh, but the circumstances look really, really good. Sometimes what looks like an open door is a trap door. And God said, you don't need to go through a trap door. I've given you my word. I've given you right counsel. I've given you Christian influence. Why should we use circumstances when God has revealed his word to us? Number five, you cannot be led by your feelings. Feelings. La, 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 feelings. Where's Kevin when I need him? Our little smart mouth kid the other day, a parent asked him, why'd you do that? Because I wanted to. You need to come be a part of the Blackburn household of discipline. You can't be led by your feelings. Let me say it again. You can't be led by your feelings. I'm going to step on some feet here, toes. Your feelings will lie to you. Every emotion that you have is temporary, whether it's good or bad, it's not going to last. You get depressed, you get discouraged, it's not going to last. You can't stay on the same level of intensity with your feelings and your emotions. Well, I'll tell you what you can do. You can let your conscience be your guide. Well, often your conscience is wrong. The Bible says the heart is deceitful. You lie to yourself more than anybody else, you'll know. And far too many people base their decisions on how they feel. And it sounds extremely spiritual. It goes like this. Why did you do that? I want you to know, Pastor, I, I just had a peace about it. Oh, you did? I did. I just had a peace about it. I know that I spent 5,000 lottery tickets, but every time I played, I fell to peace believing. Now, mind you, if I won, I was given to the church. Of which I said, well, brother, we had preferred that you just write the $10,000 check. You know, we can invest it in the heavenly father who never turns a bad dividend around. I just felt like it. Let me sound an alarm. You remember the story of Jonah sailing away from Nineveh? He goes down to the bottom of the ship, finds a good bed. 
falls sound asleep. Now he's down there, totally out of the will of God, and he was at peace that he was sound asleep. Peace is a good thing, but it's not enough to base your life decisions on. Proverbs 14, 12, you may feel you're on the right road and still end up a dead. Isaiah 53, 6, we've all strayed away like sheep and we have left God's path to follow our own. All right? It's getting quiet in here. So I'm going to change up. I'm going to give you a few things that you need to do. Here it is. You must want to be led. Let me just say this. I'll just throw this in. Don't throw your advice into somebody's life who's already made their decision up and you know it. That's called just casting your pearl before the swine. People come in and want to talk with me, and I say, Pastor, here's what I'm going to do. When they say that, I'm willing to listen, no problem, but you already made your mind up. You didn't come to me and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to manage this. I'm really twixt in between. Can you help me? I'm ready to talk to you, but you come in and tell me, well, this is what I'm going to do. So here's what we do. You have to be willing or, or pardon me, you have to want to be led. And let me give an illustration of what that, that is like. If you take somebody's head, push it under the water, and they can hold their breath for so long, but when they get to the point that they're, they've out, they're out of breath and they need to get up out of that water and get them oxygen, they will fight like a maniac in order to get their head out of that water to get one grasp of good fresh air. And so this is what he's saying here in this scripture. He says, I want you to be so desirous of wanting to be led by me that you're like the man head underwater coming out and say, I will fight to get out from under this water to get a breath of fresh air. You got to want to be led that badly. Psalms 40 verse 8, my God, I want to do what you want. Your teachings are in my heart. Number two, you must be willing to do what God says. I'm going to do what God says, God's will. I'll be willing, period, to do. God, I, I want you to know, I want you to, I want you to, I want to follow you. God, my life is your life. Do you know how many times God has impressed you to do something or to go somewhere or to give something and he had to have an argument with you to get you to do it? And here's what he's saying there. I want you to say yes, no matter where I tell you to go. I want you to say yes, and when I don't have all of the instruction, I want you to say yes, thy will be done and not mine, no matter what it is. I am all in, Father God. And let me tell you young people something. Your first line of authority and wisdom is not found in me, your pastor. It's not found in your youth pastor. Your first line of wisdom and authority comes from your mama and your daddy. Well, my daddy, they're not real smart. Well, guess what? They were smart enough to have you. 
Now, y'all getting sober-faced on me now. Show me what you want me to do to my, with my life, but tell me first what that means. John 7, 17, whoever is willing to do what God wants and chooses it will know if I teach, know what I teach comes from God. Number three, you must look to God's Word. God's Word right here. Psalms 119, your word is a lamp to guide me and a light to my path. Psalms 119, 133, guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. God's will is found in his word. He will never, ever contradict what his word says. And when you open this book, look at it this way. You open this book, you get into meditation of the Holy Spirit. You open this up, God opens his mouth. You close it, God closes his mouth. I need to hear from you. I'm done. Close it up. Meditation, the Spirit, the Word. Number four, you must ask the Holy Spirit to be your guide. James says you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. David the Psalmist, Psalm 27, 11, teach me, Lord, what you want me to do and lead me down the path of righteousness. Just teach me. God, when, when your mind and your heart have been filled with the Word of God and you have been meditating and seeking God through the Holy Spirit and God is pouring into you, I mean pouring in your spirit, pouring in your soul, you say, I didn't understand that. Everything that you read, everything God speaks to you about goes into a reservoir and there will come a time in your life when you'll need to counsel, you'll need to talk, you'll need to give encouragement and you just take a step of faith and you say, I need to help that person. Here's what you're going to find you will begin to draw out of that deep well of what you've learned in this word and you'll begin to say things you thought you would never be able to say and God will give wisdom. Why? Because God speaks through those who are leaning and trusting in him. <coughs> There's one of the videos we looked for Father's Day and uh, there's this guy that came in to interview with the father in order to date the dad's daughter. The guy came in, and I'm telling you, he was from another country, another culture. He had more piercings and tattoos and matted hair and came in to date this good old middle America dad's daughter. Dad got up, shook his hand and said, son, thanks for dropping by, but we don't need to have a conversation. You won't be dating my daughter. But sir, she is 17 going on 18. That's right. And I'm 40 going on 41. You will not be dating my daughter. She will not be going with you anywhere tonight. The young man stood up. He's murmuring under his breath and walked out the door. As we were watching that, Tim said, Dad, that reminds me of a guy that came to date Sherry one time. I said, yep. He walked in that way, sneakers not tied, 
cords dragging the ground. This was before holy jeans were popular. They were holy. They were unclean. He had braided hair. And then when he sat down, he said, how do you like snakes? I said, I don't. Do you have any snakes? Yeah. <laughs> I said, we're done. We're through. Somebody said, how can you do that as a father? Let me tell you something, my friend. If more dads would take a stand and say, here is the standard for our family, and you're not going to come in and disrupt it, we'd have less problems in our culture today. Somebody talk to me about that. You, you, and don't get upset about it because let me tell you something. In the days of Scripture, I'm going to get back to the Bible. Let me just tell you something. The young man could not pick his own wife. Mom and dad said, son, here is the wife you are going to marry. Well, I don't think I want to get back to the Bible. No, amen? It's not a bad idea for some of you. But the point is this, there is a level of authority that is there that we fail to understand. See, it says God guides, Psalm 25, God guides the, the humble in what is right and he teaches them his way. Number five, you must listen to God's response. God will speak to you. He speaks to me every day, every day. Every day, speaks to me every day. If I'm in the car and going a few miles over the speed limit, his voice sounds like Sharon. <laughs> Job 33, 14, God does speak. Sometimes one way and sometimes another even though people may not understand it. The psalmist cried out, God, I want to know your will. See, here's what I know. God will make a way where there is no way. You wait on his response. Children of Israel being delivered. Moses. Take the one and a half to two million out of there. We're on our way. We're, we're, we see the Red Sea up there, but we also see the dust of Pharaoh's army because he changed his mind. People said we would have been a whole lot better staying back there. Moses is thinking, God, what in the world did you ask me to do? Moses said, or God said to Moses, don't worry about it. Walk on up to the Red Sea. You see that instrument in your hand? Yes, sir. You said, I told you that I'd never leave you. I told you that I would guide you. You said you wouldn't go unless I went with you. Is that correct? I've gone with you. Now take that instrument and put it out in the water. And when he did, it says that the sea parted. How many believe that? Say amen. When you are in the will of God and when you are being led by the Holy Spirit and when you've committed God, you don't have to give me all the details. I'm all in. And then you listen long enough when you hit a barrier that's out there. God will say, it looks like a barrier right now, but stand still and see the salvation of your Lord begin to work. I will make a way where there is no way. I don't know what the books look like. I don't know what the history book says, but here's what I do know. I am able, hallelujah, to direct your path supernaturally. 
Psalm 77, 19, your road, your road led a path through the sea. A pathway no one else knew was there. You can't go wrong. Leaning on God and paying attention, he will not disappoint you. He will not disappoint you. And when barriers come up, and there are many, God, I'm, I'm following you, but I'm, I'm in a finan- I got a financial barrier right now. I got a physical barrier. I got energy barriers. I got, I got a phobia of barriers. Every time I turn around, God said, hey, don't worry about it. Barriers only create opportunities for me to do that which is impossible. Look at your book there and see how many times that which did not make sense when I got through with it, it began to make sense. Look how many times that those things that man would look at and naturally they could not get over, but because they leaned on my hand, I gave them away where there is no way. Listen to me, church. The only way we're going to move forward in culture and society today is to not worry about what's going to happen we're just going to pray and say God we're trusting you wherever you go we are going whatever you do and speak to us we're going to make it until the end and rejoice when that trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ are going to rise and those of us who are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet him in the air and we're going to leave this world behind goodbye world goodbye come on my friend put your hands together Would you stand, please? And those of you out there listening online, please let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to us here and speak to those of you who are listening online. I know some of you, this message, it'll step on your toes. I preach to me, the choir, I, just, I need all that stuff. All that stuff. Because I found out from time to time I can be a little stubborn. I can be a little hard-headed. Anybody else out there? But I can tell you this. In the long run, you would just say, take my hand. I'm going with you. God, I don't know what I'm going to do after school. I got this degree, but... And you know what my aspirations and maybe I've got a school bill. I'm sure going to need you to guide me. You know what God's going to say to you? Be patient. I've already got it planned out. Just hold tightly. Hold tightly. And let me say this. Sometimes things will look so great and so good. Don't accept that as God's will because it looks so good and so great. Pray it through. Pray it over. Until the voice speaks to your heart and say, that's my will for you. It's no accident. That's what I have decided to do with you. Those of you who are online and those of you that are here, maybe our hearts are not in tune and maybe we failed and we need to get things right. So I'm going to ask everyone in the room to repeat this prayer after me. Would you do that? Here we go, everybody. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. 
Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Come into my heart. Purify my mind. Cleanse my heart. Take every feeling away that is contrary to your word and will. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving me. And today, I will trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you online, you can go online, Victory Lakeland, or those of you here, place there, connect, numerous places that we can help you. You can call the church office. Our goal is to encourage you and strengthen you. So I want to thank you for being here today. I want to say happy Father's Day, guys. I just really want you to, your special group of men makes a difference. We're going to end just a moment as we sing this worship song. And I ask you to engage in worship just for another couple minutes. Would you do that? Here we go.